Welcome to the Fisher's Second Ward Podcast. This is a podcast to help members of the Fisher's Second Ward of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints get to know their neighbors in the ward. The ideas and thoughts that we share aren't necessarily a reflection of the official doctrines of the church. We just hope to strengthen our friendships and our faith by sharing our stories. Thanks for listening, and let me introduce you to a member of the ward. And this time, it's a young member of the ward, somebody who was too slow to get away from me. <laughs> this is Little Edison. I'm not that little. Little Edison Williams. This not is my youngest son. You're also also your favorite son. My so. favorite son who is uh, uh, sitting in front of me. We'll just <laughs> keep it um, as open as possible. So, welcome. We've been talking about recording a couple... Uh, we've talked about a couple different ideas, and um, as we were talking about it, Edison was asking, so what are we going to talk about? We're just going to talk about a few things. We're just give people in the ward a chance to get to know you a little bit. So tell me about you. First of all, let me ask you a question that I've never asked you before. Oh, boy. <laughs> is it good or bad? It's a good question. It's okay. a fine question. So your name is Edison. Yes, it is. People call you Edison. Yes. Or Eddie. Yes. Or Edster. Or E. Or probably other things that I don't know about. Thomas. You have been called Thomas. You've been called Ebenezer. You've been called many things for a variety of reasons. And first of all, first question is why? Why are they calling you Thomas? Why are they calling you Ebenezer? Why are they, why are they calling you all sorts of things? Well, um, one of my uncles calls me Thomas. Just because. Just because he thinks <laughs> Thomas, it's funny. Thomas Edison. Thomas Edison. Makes sense. Um, and Ebenezer, why did that one come Ebenezer, up? Ebenezer, you know? because somebody who used to be in our ward thought that's what I should be called. This would be Ebenezer. brother slash Bishop Fordham. That would be. That was his idea that we should have named you Ebenezer. You could have, but it doesn't have enough letters. It doesn't. It has too many. Or it letters. has too many letters. That's yeah, what I meant. It to doesn't say. fit. So, what's the pattern of names? What is it? What do you mean by it has too many letters? So. All of the kids in the family are not just all the kids. It's not everybody. All the kids, in the it's everybody. Um, we have seven letters in our first name. Correct. So for my name, they had to add an extra D to make it fit. So I was at work the other day, and and the the planes have names on them, and they're names of the pilots' kids. And there was a name, Edison, which they spelled wrong. They spelled it E D I S O N. What's wrong with them? So disappointed. So what else? What other what other patterns do we have with our names? We're all in alphabetical order. Correct. So it goes Allison, Brennan, Chris, Dalton, Edison. So we know that you're the end Youngest. of the alphabet. And what else? We all have five letters in our middle name. Correct. So that's why Ebenezer wouldn't work. Sorry, Christian. Uh, Ebenezer has too many letters. We didn't feel like shortening it the name to a Utah spelling <laughs> to make it fit. So as we were talking, you said something about um, you would share your birth story. So mm -hmm. tell us, you probably don't remember the details yourself. I probably don't, but I have the story you have story that you told. You. Is this the, the version that I wrote? Mm -hmm. Okay. So don't read it, but just tell, tell uh, give a summary of what happened? What made your birth notable and different from 
that of your siblings? Well, some of that we always say is my brother was born two days early, so I had to beat him <laughs> by being born a month early. <laughs> you were born a month early. That's right. A month and a few days. Um, so my mom was pregnant with me and she was going out on, she was delivering newspapers mm -hmm. and she called my dad and said, Hey, I'm not feeling well. I'm feeling dizzy and nauseous. So I'll meet you in the church parking lot. So my dad got the kids ready that were home and. Which would be Carissa and Dalton. Dalton. Um, and then they got in the car, took them a while because my dad find, is slow. We had to find coats and shoes. If you um, have kids, you know what that's like. <laughs> And then, so they drove to the church parking lot, and she wasn't there, so they drove around the neighborhood for a little bit. Yeah, she and, told us what neighborhood she was in, but yeah. I didn't know the neighborhood neighborhood very well, so we I, just kind of drove neighborhood blindly. Really um, and they were just driving around, and they saw her car, and it had crashed into a brick house. Super exciting. Yeah, and... Um, the lady that lived in the house was home. Nobody else in the neighborhood was home, though. Mm -hmm. And she said, like, oh, my neighbors are always home. Like, they never leave. And she was home just for, just for lunch, I think it was, and she was doing laundry. She was working on a project. Or something. For, for work, and had decided she was not going to go out for lunch until she finished her project. So, just as she finished is um, when she heard this. Bang, this impact. Um, so when my dad tried to go up and everybody kept asking him, oh, does she have a history of, was it seizures? Mm -hmm. And he's like, no, he had to tell all of them no. And um, they told him what hospital they were going to. And it wasn't the closest hospital. Right. But that was the hospital they said. And they're like, don't try and keep up. Yeah, lights and sirens don't keep up. We're we're gonna rush her there. And when he got there, he went up to the emergency room desk and was like, "Hey, I think my wife is here." And they're like, "Okay, what's her name?" And finally found out, and a firefighter walked in. Yeah, I I they took me to a room with a a chaplain. A chaplain. Do you know what a chaplain is? Yes. Yeah, chaplain is not somebody that you want to necessarily no. see when you're in the hospital. Um, and so, so I was telling him the story, and a firefighter walked up. Firefighter walked up, handed him a glass of water, and was like, you might need this. And <laughs> Super comforting. <laughs> yes. And then, who was it who talked to you after the chaplain? Um, was the, it a... The doctor. Doctor. The doctor who had uh, seen her in the emergency room. And he said, is your wife a member of the... LDS or the Mormon church. Mm -hmm. And he said, yeah. And he said, just know there was a Melchizedek priesthood holder working on her tonight. Yeah. It turns out and the doctor was a member of the church and had uh, been, it was just a, a sweet tender mercy for me that he was, happened to be there. And I know it wasn't coincidence. It was just a he was where he was needed to, where he needed to be, so I could feel the comfort that I needed 
and you were loud. I mean, <laughs> after a few months in the NICU, not a few months, a few days I in the just NICU. there for just under a week, right yeah. at a week. I think it was because that was a Thursday that this all happened, and then you were released the next Wednesday. I, I just think, know that, that I... Right before Thanksgiving. I just know that I pulled my own oxygen tube out of my nose. Yes. I didn't want it anymore. And then... That's true. I can't remember when this one was, but it was a few years ago. My dad was at the store, and there was this nurse in front of him who was trying to buy some alcohol, and... It was. It didn't like her ID or something. So he said, jokingly, he said, um, "If you looked a little bit older, it might might accept you or something like she that." She was clearly old enough to buy alcohol. <laughs> and so <laughs> she like turned around. And she's like, "I know you. You, your wife was. I can't think of the same thing. What did she say? Well, she said she asked if if my wife was in an accident yeah. and and described the the circumstances of your uh, exciting birth and it turned out that that uh she was one of the nurses that was mm -hmm. that was assisting and then so she came by our house a few like a day or two after and gave us some pictures and talked to us yeah some pictures that she had uh, had taken or that had been taken of uh of you and mm -hmm. did you were you here when she came by yeah okay that was cool because she was talking to me for a little bit about them so, uh, spoiler to the story is you survived. I did. And mom survived. And I survived. She did. <laughs> Just with a few broken ankles, she survived. Two broken ankles. Two broken ankles. ankles. She had. So, the question I was going to ask is, because people call you all sorts of different things, do you prefer any name over the other? No. I think it's funny when people call me Ebenezer. Okay. Or Thomas. <laughs> so there you go. I get some enjoyment out of it. Especially when I pretend I don't like it. Because mm -hmm. then, you know, they they think it's funny. Yes. That but, that pretending you don't like it probably comes from um, maybe your dad. <laughs> <laughs> maybe your mom. Who knows? So uh, as a young member of the, of the ward, you are... A priest. I am. Okay, so priest this year. Tell me about what you have learned in the last four months since you've been a priest. I've learned, this is something that I've especially learned, blessing the sacrament is, it doesn't really matter if you mess up, you can always do it again. Hmm. And it doesn't have to be something that's embarrassing. Right. Or makes you ashamed of yourself. Because everybody messes up. Right. Like there are even adults that will mess up occasionally. And I think the... I've messed up multiple times. But the main... The one time that I messed up that like... It was kind of embarrassing for me. But then after I thought about it for a little bit. It wasn't something that I should have been embarrassed about. Mm -hmm. It was a normal thing. And I kept saying the word always when I wasn't supposed to. Right. There's an always in the... Prayer on the bread, but not in the on the prayer on the water. Yes. So. So I think there's a lesson in there that um, 
is I'm glad that you picked up on that, that we all mess up sometimes. And it may not necessarily be the, a public um, mm-hmm. event. It may yeah. not be a prayer that everybody in the world is, is listening to, but it may be something that privately we say or do something, we think something that, that maybe is not appropriate, and it's, um, it's okay to mess up. I think that's part of the plan. That is the plan, that we're going to mess up, and we have yeah. an opportunity to make it right. Well, that's cool. Um, what else? What else should people know about Edison? Well, I might I might have mentioned the story, but I am the favorite. Uh, you did mention that. I I'm did. Not sure that that's necessarily true, but okay, we'll go with that. I think it is true. <laughs> okay, what's your evidence? You're somebody's favorite for sure. I mean, you took me out of the country for that's a few weeks. That's true, I did. So now, Maybe that's because mom's my favorite, and I wanted to give her a break for two weeks. <laughs> I don't think so. All right, so talk about that trip, the trip, the two-week trip where we brought back COVID. It wasn't me. Okay, we didn't. It was all my dad. Bring it, we didn't bring it back. Um, we talked about this on the way back here, actually, and I was saying that, like, so we went to the Sistine Chapel. We went to d- talk about the the three countries that we went three to. Three countries. Okay. We went so first we went to France. Mm-hmm. And then we actually got to go to church there. And it was Yeah, just after it was a we cool landed. Ward. We had landed, we got breakfast. I don't think did we even change our clothes? We just carried our no. suitcases into the yeah. church. We just carried our suitcases into the church. It was a really nice ward. We asked the missionaries that, there were a bunch of missionaries there. We mm-hmm. asked then we were to put our stuff that you just pointed under the coat rack. It was great. Um, there, but there were a few suitcases under the coat rack. Yeah. Um, and we walked into the chapel. They gave us a headset, and they told us what, like, what channel to change it to or something. Yeah. Do you remember the languages that they had a church they had translated into? English, Chinese. I think Chinese. Yeah. Was there German? I don't know. I remember English and Chinese. I know English Chinese. There might have. There were a few other languages, but I don't remember. But they had the missionaries translating for people there because it was an international ward. Mm-hmm. And so it was a really interesting experience because you could hear it in French coming yeah. from the front, but you could also hear it in your headset yeah, as very cool experience. English or whatever language you were listening to it in. Mm-hmm. And everybody there was so nice. Missionaries were nice, even though we didn't really meet them that much. But but there were there were families there that were from America mm-hmm. that lived there, and yeah. um, we did chat with them. So you got to go to the Deacon's Quorum. Did they did. teach the lesson in English or in French or both? They or taught what? it in both. Okay. Everybody there knew English. All the young men there knew English. So he taught it in English. He was mm-hmm. he asked if there were any English speakers there. Mm-hmm. And so I said yes. And so he taught it in English. I think he might have also taught it in French. There might have been a few people there that didn't know English. Okay. But it was a really interesting experience. Um, because it wasn't really like the way that you would think of a deacon's scrum lesson like in our ward. Mm-hmm. wasn't really what it was there. It was 
it was engaged, but it was, I can't remember how to explain it, but like, it didn't have the same feeling to it. Okay. Which, it was more, I feel like, laid back. Okay. Fewer questions asked, but he went a little more into depth of things that we talked about. Interesting. Um, I can't remember what we did after that, but we did some we did some activity after that. But their their church building was really interesting because it was wasn't really like how our church building is. There yeah, was like the chapel, was... and then you had to walk out of the chapel to get to like the classrooms. Yeah. There was like a courtyard, and it was really cool. It was really cool. Um, we were there for two or three days before. We found out if we turned the corner from our hotel, we could see the Eiffel Tower. We were so much closer to the Eiffel Tower than I than I realized we were. We had seen it before that, but we had gone a different way. Mm-hmm. But if we had turned the other corner, we could see it from... Yeah, just the corner. Just yeah, a few steps from our the, the door to our hotel. Um, what was the second country we went to? We went to Italy second, and... Okay. We had some pretty cool experiences there. We went to the Sistine Chapel. Now, the interesting thing about the Sistine Chapel is there's a sign in the chapel. What is there? There are multiple signs. Yeah. But it says, no talking, please. Or was it no talking, please? Yeah, no talking, no no photography. No talking, no photography. And why? Because it's a sacred place. Okay. Um, What was the volume? What was the sound level? Not very quiet. <laughs> so people, people were, were talking because it was loud, and so they had to raise their voice. And then, yeah. over a loudspeaker, somebody would be saying "silence, please." And and it was it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely gorgeous. It was. Everybody was taking pictures. Nobody, nobody was there listening. Were some pictures being taken. Yeah. Um, so that was that was one day, and then and then. Um, the next day, what did we do? We went to the Rome Temple. Super cool experience. Was it Rome Temple that we yeah. did in, in, in? No, like, did we do the Rome? Did I do the Rome Temple baptisms in Italian? Um, no, you did them in because uh, I was in baptizing. So you, and were, I did, you did it in English, English, and then it was Portugal that I did them in. Yeah. Okay. So we went to the Rome Temple, and then it was an interesting experience. We went to the visitor center first. Mm-hmm. And the visitor center is beautiful. They have the Christus or a Christus uh-huh. and they have the 12 apostles. The original 12 apostles in there. Around it. And um, like, just like the Salt Lake Temple, they have a model of the temple where you can mm-hmm. see the inside. The cutaway. And one thing that we were talking about is like, it might have been the only temple that has a cross because there was... In the statues of the twelve apostles, that's right. One of them was holding a cross. That's right. Was it a, like a, a a wooden staff type thing that he was holding? It mm-hmm. was a cross. Yeah, that's, that's true. And then so, after the baptisms, my dad was talking to me, and he said he asked me a question, and he asked me what was the difference, or what did you feel in the Sistine Chapel compared to the Rome Temple? Because the temple, both the temple and the Sistine Chapel are are considered to be sacred, sacred places. Mm-hmm. And um, it, to me, it was interesting because they, you know, the, the Sistine Chapel, 
that sacred place, you had a, a guard or somebody who was shouting, quiet, please. Yes. <laughs> and the temple, that doesn't happen as frequently. <laughs> no, it doesn't. So um, do you remember what you said? I said that in the Sistine Chapel, I felt calm. But in the temple, I felt peace. I think that's a really interesting observation to to recognize the subtle difference between those two sacred places and and um, the that feeling of peace in the temple is really a neat experience. So after we did uh, Rome, we spent some time in the Vatican, which was really interesting as well. Um, what do we do next? Where do we go next? We then went to Portugal. Which is where I served my mission. It is. Um, we did run into someone we knew there. Maybe purposefully. <laughs> but we didn't do it. We planned on it. We planned on it. But they ran into us. Don't, don't tell anybody that we planned on it. Who did we run into? Sister Jensen. Juliet Jensen. Juliet Jensen. <laughs> Who was serving her mission in the same uh, general area that I served yeah. my mission. We we. We planned on it. We knew we would see them. We knew she was, we knew what work she was in. we didn't see her when we went in, and then she sat down next to us. Yes, there was a bit of a surprise, which was super fun. <laughs> this is one of the things that gives me great joy, is to be a surprise. Or <laughs> yeah. To surprise people. When, when I'm interviewed for the podcast, then maybe I'll tell <laughs> stories about that. So we did get to see Sister Jensen, which was super fun. And what else do we do in Portugal? We did get to go to the Lisbon Temple. Mm-hmm. And it was there when we walked in. I had forgotten my recommend. I had left it back home. Thank goodness for computers. <laughs> um, the person working at the desk was from Indiana. He was from... I don't know if he was from Indiana, but his daughter's from Indiana. Yeah. Um. He knew the area. His daughter was in the Carmel Ward. Mm -hmm. And you knew his daughter. I don't remember who it was. um, So he was able to call the bishop and confirm that. Yeah. He looked at the the, uh, information and said, Fishers? I know where Fishers is. And and, uh, my assignment on the High Council, I had served three years in the Carmel Ward. So I, I knew his daughter and... So that was fun. So um, high points of that of that trip. One thing that I really liked, it was interesting. I got to do baptisms in Portuguese mm-hmm. at the Portugal Temple. That's cool. The Lisbon Temple. And it was interesting. I, mean, I, I knew what they were saying, but mm-hmm. like I also like didn't know what they were saying. Like in, I got to go to Sunday school that Sunday mm-hmm. at church and had no clue what they were saying, but yeah. <laughs> could still feel the spirit. Yeah. It's neat when that happens. So um, in the couple years that, uh, that since that has happened, what are some things that you have either learned or that have been reinforced because of that experience, or things that you think about differently because you have been able to see some of the things that were just really 
significant in the the um, from a religious standpoint? Um, something that I would say is if you like uh, go, let's say this is just a scenario, but let's say you have a family member or a friend who invites you to their church and they're not a member and you go, you might feel calm Mm -hmm. and then going to the temple feeling peace. Mm -hmm. But not just that. It's, I feel like when you walk into a temple and you have stress, it just feels like your burden has been lightened. Mm -hmm. At least it does for me. And, when, which I've done a few baptisms now, and it is a lot different than doing them or having them done, like you being the proxy for the person. Mm-hmm. You mean it feels different when you're the person doing the baptizing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you're the person doing the baptizing, it's a completely different experience. Hmm. But you still know that you are doing the work helping with the work for somebody else. Right. And one thing that I learned is it doesn't necessarily matter how you say their names, but it also does matter. Mm-hmm. No, tell me what you mean by that. Um, so when I went for the first time and did, like, I baptized people. Um, were you, you were the person doing the baptizing. Yes. Right? You told me it didn't necessarily matter, but I should try my best. And then after I did baptizing, the second time I did it, mm-hmm. which was when we had family here, mm-hmm. um, the baptistry coordinator, I think it might have been, asked me, does it matter how you say their name? Mm-hmm. So I thought about it for a minute, and I'm like, no, but yes. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to explain it. And then he explained it to me like, if you were the one getting this work done for you, would you would want somebody to say your name right? Right. But if you can't pronounce it, that's not a bad thing. Right. If you're doing the best that you can, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I think that they are thrilled. To have that work done. And it's neat that you've been able to do that on both sides. That be the to be the proxy, but also to be the person being baptized. Um, or to do the baptism the baptizing. Yeah. Um, when we did the baptisms in in the Lisbon Temple, it was cool because uh, the guy that I knew for my mission, uh, Manuel, was the person who was in the in the font doing baptizing. And then he um, called me over, <laughs> asked me to get in the font and asked me to do some baptisms where he was the proxy, which was cool because I got to do that in Portuguese. And I, it's been a lot of years since I got to do a, a Portuguese baptism. Yeah. But then um, he left the font. I think he baptized you for he did. several, right? And then I Because I, I did it in Portuguese well. with him. So he asked me if I wanted to do it in English or Portuguese. And I realized this was this might be a one time experience, and yeah. I was like, Portuguese, and so he did them in Portuguese, and thinking back about it, 
what I just was talking about, about how you pronounce your names. Like, if they're an American name, he might have not have pronounced them right. I can't remember exactly, but mm-hmm. he did his best. Right. And I'm sure that the people having the work done for them were still very appreciative mm-hmm. of that. That's true. That's good. So something that um, I want to ask you about is chocolate cake. <laughs> now, a lot of people think about chocolate cake. They think about the Williams family with chocolate cake. They do. And yes. um, so maybe when you interview me or whoever, <laughs> whoever <laughs> yes. interviews me, we'll talk a little bit more about that. Maybe. But um, tell me why you, what what is it about chocolate cake that has you inspired or motivated or, or interested in sharing? Uh, as we were driving earlier today, you told me about your algebra teacher and your bus driver and things like that. So talk a little bit about your experience sharing chocolate cake. It not only brings me joy, but I can see the joy and the happiness that it can bring other people. Mm-hmm. And not necessarily just people from school, but also people in our ward that we have gotten to know from delivering chocolate cake to them. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of people that we wouldn't have met otherwise. Right. And whether or not they need it at the time, there have been times when they have told us after, like there have been times when it's months afterwards mm-hmm. where they've told us that was exactly what I needed. Yeah. How do you feel when you hear somebody say that's exactly what I needed? I feel like, like I was saying earlier, I feel not necessarily peace, but a mixture of peace and calm. Mm-hmm. I feel partially I can feel my strength, my testimony be strengthened. That's cool. Of how the spirit works mm-hmm. and how Heavenly Father and the spirit can prompt you mm-hmm. to... Go and talk to people or go and help people. Mm-hmm. Like almost every Sunday, my dad will ask me, who do you know who needs chocolate cake? And it, there will be names that I can think of. And there have been a few times when I haven't said a name, mm-hmm. but my dad will say the name and like, we should visit them. And it's pretty cool how that works. It w- have you had the the experience where you're thinking a name and I say something mm-hmm. and it's the same name? Yeah. I've had that happen too, where I'm thinking of a name and somebody else says the same name. And So tell me what you think that means. I think it means the spirit is either trying to get you to meet them or they need to feel... Like, there's somebody that cares about them Mm -hmm. in the ward. Or there's somebody that will be there for them if they need it. And when you hear somebody say that that's what I needed or or this was an answer to prayer, which we've heard, Mm -hmm. um, that, uh, well, let me me ask the question a little bit differently. Uh, What have you learned 
about how Heavenly Father speaks to you through chocolate cake? Like what have I learned personally? Yeah. I think... Um, you're making me think about this. I know. This and, is fun. <laughs> um, I think that it shows me that he really does know everybody hmm. individually. Mm-hmm. And you've done an episode of, of this, which he knows where his children are. Yeah. And he knows what they need at that time. Yep. Whether it's chocolate cake, cookies, brownies, mm. bread, anything. Yeah. It could be anything. Pies. It could be a text message text or a phone message, call. Text message, phone call, a card, a letter. Uh, so how do you feel anything. knowing that he knows you and he knows where you are and he knows what you need? I think that brings me not really joy but it makes me feel like there will be somebody that I can rely on Mm -hmm. to be there for me it's neat to know that there's somebody that can be there for you but it's also neat to know that sometimes you can be that person for somebody else yeah so um I've thought about how to end some of these episodes and I'm not sure that I know yet but let me just ask uh, a question. This is your first um, go around with seminary. So tell me, what has seminary done to help strengthen your testimony? Well, for those of you not in seminary yet, not very fun waking up in the morning. <laughs> it's super fun waking up in the morning. Maybe for you. <laughs> not for me. Um, I think it's strength my testimony in multiple ways. One thing that I haven't really noticed a lot is people say this, like when you go to seminary, you'll feel different than when, than on days when you don't go to seminary, mm-hmm. which that hasn't really happened for me. I feel the same okay. any day, but there was once and I didn't go to seminary this day. Mm-hmm. And I felt more peace than I did when I normally go to seminary, which mm. this was the day that grandma had passed. And okay, right. I decided at four in the morning mm-hmm. that I wasn't going to go to seminary. Right. And just being there and sitting there, I could feel peace and calmness and mm-hmm. love there. That was a that was a sacred day. Even though you missed seminary. I did. Yes. So well that's good. Is there anything else that you think members of the ward need to know about Edison Williams? I don't know if there's anything they need to know, <laughs> but um So if they if they feel prompted that they need to bring something to show that Heavenly Father knows where you are. Uh, what's a favorite thing or treat or gift? Well, chocolate cake is always good. Always amazing, right? But one thing that I would say is 
Chocolate chip cookies are always Ooh. good. Yes, chocolate chip cookies are good. Or if almost anything with Nutella so my dad doesn't Ooh. eat it. Nasty. <laughs> Mostly just for that reason. Yeah, well. And don't let my dad fool you when he says he's the nicest person you've I am. ever met. I am the nice person, nicest person I've ever met. He's met nice with people. <laughs> well, I don't know. We'll argue about that later on. <laughs> but thanks for spending a few minutes and letting us get to know you, Edison. It was fun for me to relive some of those experiences that we had in Europe. But also it was fun for me to hear some of your uh, insights. Um, so hopefully uh, this is... Something that will be interesting for other people as well. For everybody else in the ward or anywhere else that you may listen, um, thanks for listening. And we will be back again hopefully in a week or so with uh, another member of the ward that we can introduce you to and, and help you get to know. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Fisher Second Ward Podcast. Please share it with members of the ward or others who you think might be interested or might be enriched and blessed by listening to our stories. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you again next week.